Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Uh, we're going to get into Psalm 23. You know, and this is this is what's cool. Actually, um, the Lord put this on my heart a week ago. I knew the weekend was going to be like this. Normally, I work on this message at 3 a.m. When you go to bed at midnight after a weekend, you know, 3 a.m. comes really quick. So you're going to see some things that are tied in with what Rex has been saying and what the God, what God has been saying to you and that have been consistent throughout this whole thing. You know, I could not have planned it. In a man's heart, he plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Now, Psalm 23, this is David. David knew struggle, okay? David knew struggle. Just a little bit uh, about David. Uh, before him, uh, there was King Saul. And uh, the people wanted a king. They, they wanted the Lord to give him a king, and reluctantly, he gave him a king. But um, Saul had struggled with arrogance. He was arrogant. He was, you know, the Bible says he was tall. He was handsome. You know, he was good looking. Um, but he had some identity issues. And um, because of his arrogance, you know, God wanted to pick somebody different. He wanted to do different. Okay. And um, when the prophet uh, Samuel was going to anoint the next king, the Lord said, hey, don't judge him by his outward appearance, for God sees the heart. And he shows up at um, Jesse, is his dad, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to say early in the morning. But the house of Jesse, and he's got all these sons. And remember, the Lord says, okay, don't, don't judge by the outside, uh, appearance and the, and the father lines up all the sons. And so the prophet goes, this one, Lord, nope. This one, nope. This one, nope. They're all gathered there. And then he's finally, he says, hey, is, is this it? Because the Lord said no to all of them. Well, there is one more, the youngest. And he doesn't even say his own son's name. And he says, but he's in the field dealing with the sheep. He wasn't even in, invited to the meeting, Right? And, and you know what the prophet says? He says, well, we're not going to continue until he's here. So he goes from not even being um, a, a welcome to getting a standing ovation. You know what I mean? Like he, they wait for him to show up. He gets anointed to be the next king. But guess what? That doesn't happen for another 25 years. He goes back to the field and it's in the field where he learns and he gets close to this heavenly father and, and there's, and there's a bear and there's a lion that come to try to take the sheep. And he just keeps working that little sling, you know, like he probably fenced. It was the skill, right? He worked on his skill so that he could succeed and he worked on that skill and it was a little more, but that built his faith when he was in the field. Gentlemen, some of you think, oh man, when I just get my calling and I arrive, no, it's in the field where God's going to build your faith. It's right now in the field. It's in the dirtiness. It's, it's when you feel like you're alone, that you're leaning on him, that he's building your faith. And there, and there was a war against the Philistines. And um, David's father sends him out, you know, to bring food to his brothers. And he shows up. He's all full of faith. Why? Because, you know, he's been separate from the crowd for all that time. And the crowd has been looking at the wrong thing. All they see is a giant. So the Philistines said, hey, we're our best against your best. And this giant Goliath, 
Goliath steps forward, right? And he's taunting them. He's putting down their God. And, little, and David shows up. He's about 17 years old. And he's like, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Like that was an insult back then. You know, like why doesn't anyone stand up against him? And the way that he talked and the way that he walked allowed him to get the attention of the king. Now, King Saul actually knew David. A lot of people don't know this, but, but, but David was in his courts playing a harp several times because Saul was tormented. And, and he, couldn't ha- he couldn't sleep, he couldn't have rest, so David would come in to his chambers and, and play his harp. A lot of you don't get the whole context of the story sometimes. So he's not like, oh, who's this boy with this huge faith? No, he saw his faith in action. He saw the, 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 the weapon at his time was worship. <laughs> And he's like, man, he, he was, he was brought into the chambers in those innermost places where there was probably conversations and secrets and things that were shared. Come on. So he didn't just come from nowhere and God was using him back there when he was serving the king with his harp. Okay. And so, but he's standing out because the way that he's walking and the way that he's talking, right? And, And so King Saul, check this out. This is not where I planned to go, but you better take some notes because King Saul says, okay, you know, um, yeah, let's do this. I'll give you my best armor. Okay. So he does, he goes and gets his armor and he puts it on David. And Dave says, David said, this is, this is foreign to me. Right. And here's the thing, man, when you go to battle, don't go to battle wearing somebody else's armor. It's your difference that creates your reward. Know your strength and play to your strength. Right. So when David goes to the battle lines, you know, Goliath is insulted when he sees this little boy come to him and he comes up to the line because you got to understand David is a sniper. He knows how to, how, how to work his stones, right? He picked up his stones. He picked up more stones. He picked up enough stones to take down Goliath and his brothers. Because <laughs> that's what you always got to be thinking next step, right? You got to be thinking next step. You're like, oh, when I get here, then I'll be happy. Oh, no, you won't. <laughs> if you ain't happy now, you won't be happy then, okay? If you ain't prepared now, you won't be prepared for what God's got coming your way, right? So he's always looking ahead. He sees bigger picture. But when he shows up at the battle lines, Goliath comes out, what am I? You know, a dog, you come at me with sticks because he had a staff and he had some stones. He didn't have sticks. Some scholars believe, or, or some biblical historians believe that, you know, Goliath is so big and awkward, he probably didn't have real good eyesight. Come on. And so he tries to call him in. He tries to taunt him, like, come here and fight with, fight, fight like a man. This is my version of it, right? But he tries to draw him in. David stays and fights from his strength. Had he come in and faced Goliath toe to toe, right? He wouldn't have won the battle. But the enemy's always trying to pull you into your greatest weakness. And God wants you to fight from your greatest strength, which is him. Okay? In my weakness, his strength will be made perfect. And the story goes that, well, there's, there's a little bit of talking back and forth. It's really cool because David, David's like, you, after the taunting, well, you come against me with sword and spear. I come against you by the name of the Lord God Almighty. When you show up to battle, make sure one, you've been called to the battle and you're coming in for the right reasons. Okay. 
And he takes him down and he uses the very sword. So he takes him down with the stone, boom, hits the ground, walks over there, uses the very sword that Goliath wanted to use to take him out. The enemy has tried to use things to take you out, men, and, and the Lord is gonna, is gonna flip the table on it. He's going to, you know, where it was fear and he's going to now take faith. He's going to be, you know, like where maybe it was addiction before and now others are going to advance because you have been healed and you are a walking, talking miracle. And the very thing the enemy tried to use to take you out, you're going to be speaking and mentoring and coaching to other men. And you can say, look what God did in my life. He can do it in yours. And this is how. And he walks over there. He picks up his sword. He chops his head off. And he takes that head back with him and the sword. And later on, he he learns to yield that sword and use that later in life. So, man, I say all that to say that even Saul, the one that he fought for, his king, things started to turn around on David. And sometimes even the people that are closest to us, you know, there can be distractions and, and the enemy can get in their head and divert them. And so the one that he looked up to was chasing him down. And he had to remain humble, and he had to steady the course. So the Lord put this on, uh, on my heart that um, some of you need a fresh start. Show of hands. You can use a fresh start right here. Be honest. Wow, awesome. Like everyone, that's perfect. Um, if you could do things over, there's certain things that you've done but that you would do different, would you not? I know there's so many things. I always know I can, I can do it better. I could have handled that better. I can be better, okay? I've come to that realization. Um, and you're tired of looking back. You're tired of looking back. So God is saying today, look forward. Look forward. What do you have to look forward to? Who are you looking forward to? It, it, and, and it starts, check this out, with a single step in the right direction. A single step. That's how it starts. Faith is in your feet, right? So we'll no longer be distracted. We're no longer going to be discouraged. We're no longer going to be um, divided. And we're no longer going to disengage. I'll say that again. I did a teaching once. It's called the four deadly Ds, okay? Distracted, discouraged, divided, and disengaged. This is a pattern that I see among men all the time. They're on the right track. Like this conference, this is your realignment. This is your fresh start. But it's easy when you start going the right way to all of a sudden see something else along the way that gets your attention. I mean, everything out there is designed to distract you, okay? To steal your attention, to take your time, to take your energy. And and so what happens when we get distracted, and, and you don't even know you're distracted, but I can tell you how you'll know it, you start to feel discouraged, you could be, you could be getting things done, getting results, making money, you know, like achieving your goals, yet you feel discouraged. Why? Because you've been distracted from your directive. Come on. And then what happens is after you, if you, if you don't catch yourself before you wreck yourself, you move from being discouraged to divided. I see this in relationships with men and women all the time. They have multiple visions. They started off in the same direction. Oh, we're going to get married and we're going to do all these things together. And this is what our life is going to look like. But eventually he does his thing. She does her thing. And they just become really good roommates. He has a vision. She has a vision and you have division, right? And so, but we're not going to do that. 
But then if we find ourselves divided, the last place that we end up is we get we disengage. We disengage from her. We disengage from the church. We disengage from God. You see what's happening there? But the beauty is his mercies are made new every morning and great is his faithfulness. I just like rip the veil for some of you guys because you're going to find yourself slipping into these D's. And you know what? It is attention to manage. I'd love to say, oh, it's a problem that can just be solved like that. It's attention to manage. And then you realize, oh, I'm feeling discouraged. Okay, where did I get distracted? Oh man, you know, like I've, I've actually have, I have so many visions going on. Well, maybe I need to narrow my focus and get back on track on what, who God has called me to be and my family and where he's called us. You see what I'm saying? So you just realign, you realign. And then, and then you'll learn to live in what I call 3D. You just discover, develop, and deploy. But that's another teaching. So we are driven by purpose. We are driven by passion. And we are driven by a cause greater than just ourselves. Are we not? So when fear draws near, we say it's got no place in here. Okay, that's where you need to take it captive. You wonder if your table that you've been building even has the support and the weight to carry the calling, right? Because all those things that Rex has said, all of a sudden our, 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 our mind is expanding. Well, what could God do? What does he want to do where I've been limiting him? Now, is your table going to have the, the, your legs going to be able to sustain the weight? Well, with God's word, it will. If it's built on God's word, right? It will. You built it on the rock and then when the storms come, it will stand. But if you built it on anything else, it's sinking sand. You with me? So uh, we went through all those verses, but I want to start in uh, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack, say it with me, what? Nothing. Nothing. Live in lack or learn to listen. That's your first point. Listen, gentlemen, live in lack or learn to listen. I lack nothing. Why? Because I listen. A shepherd's job is to care for and protect his sheep. The sheep's job is to follow the voice of the shepherd, right? Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep do what? Listen to my voice. I know them and they follow who? Facebook? No, (laughs) they follow me. If we are guided by God, we lack nothing. He is everything that we are not and provides everything that we need. Not always our wants, but he does know the desires of our heart and says in Isaiah, right? And he will give us the desires of our heart. But what happens when those desires don't align with his plans and his direction? He gives us, he's got something better for us. Because his ways aren't our ways, nor are his thoughts our thoughts. They're higher, says the Lord, right? And he leads us to a place where we can feed. It says in Psalm 23, where he can guide us through scary places and offers us his protection. That's the shepherd's job. Here's the thing. If a sheep wanders off on its own, it doesn't live really long. It either starves to death or it gets eaten by the wolves. That's what happens, right? It becomes a victim to the wolves. And that is why it's important that the sheep stays with the flock because there's power in numbers, is there not? Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage, someone say encourage, each other all the more as you see the days approaching. 
First Thessalonians First Thessalonians 5.11 says, build up and encourage one another as you are already doing. You know, before you say something, when you have a thought, say, is this going to build up and edify my brother or is this going to tear them down? Right? Is this going to, is this going to help them or is this going to hurt them? And you know, sometimes even, even when there's certain things that, and just because it's, it's truth doesn't mean you need to say it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's not your time. Maybe you're not the one that has the influence to speak into their life. That's, that's humbling. Yes, we speak the truth in love. And yes, that truth is Jesus. And he will set you free, by the way. Right? All scripture leads to him. But we need to understand there's a time and there's a place. And there's always a place for his grace. Right? But when we come together, there's power in numbers. You know, James might be able to speak to you differently than I can. Or Pastor Rudy or, 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 or so forth. But we, we learn that there's the right time and there's the right place. But what we need to learn is before we say it, we need to listen. We got two of these and one of these. Am I listening twice as much as I'm talking? And I'm going to, hey, I could, I could say this because this is something that I've, I've had to learn the hard way, but I'm going to tell you, man, I'm going to, I'm going to set you up because uh, learn from my mistakes. If a man of God comes and he has a word for you, like say Rex, for instance, listen. Don't try to talk over the man of God and give your, your advice and share your whole story. You, you, just listen. Because sometimes like there's, there's people that come even in our life that want to speak into life. Might not be Rex, might be somebody else. And they have something for you and you're already trying to finish their sentence and, and, and give them the next thing. And the, well, this is why I couldn't do it. Just listen for a moment. Just listen, meditate on it, go back to it, go to the word. What does the word say? Get the confirmation, right? But listen, when you're in a relationship with, with your, your bride or, or you're working towards that, learn to listen. Learn to ask the right questions because questions say focus, but learn to listen. Learn to listen. You know, we come to, to, together, we always want to celebrate, you know, like, oh, this is what's happening in my life. Ask them what's happening in their life that you can celebrate with them. I just feel like I'm setting somebody up to a whole nother level because I had to learn this the hard way. Okay? Sorry, not in my notes. But this is why we gather and we come together because we need to learn to listen. We need to recognize the good shepherd's voice and learn to listen. He'll speak through all of you guys, just so you know. We need to learn to listen. So it's in this space uh, where we find uh, his guidance and his grace when we come together as men. And too many times we don't like where he's necessarily leading us because we don't have the bigger perspective. Uh, this, this happens when we uh, take our eyes and ears off of him, okay? So <laughs> here's the thing with sheep. Sheep are stupid. I'm not, no one here is stupid. But the sheep get so busy looking at other sheep butts and listening to the babbling, come on, that they look away from the shepherd and then they pick their own path. You with me? Okay. Hence why in Isaiah, it says in Isaiah 53, verse six, all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own. This is Isaiah 53, verse 6. Yet the Lord, the Lord, sorry, I just got to move your coat there for a second. I keep pointing this coat right on my notes. The Lord laid on him, being Jesus, the sins of us all. I'll say that again. All of us. Who? 
all, not some of us, not just a select few, all of us are like sheep that have gone astray, right? So don't count yourself out. And we have left God's path to follow our own. Come on, there's been several times, you know, thank God for his grace, thank God for this conference, thank God for realignment, thank God for these men that we could come together, build up, James, you're so good at it, by the way, building up and encouraging one another. So how else are we going to live up in a down world? We got to look up and we got to have God's word and we have to have our brother say, hey, remember what God called you to. Remember the word that you had to use this guy Rex from California that spoke in your life and said in May, something's going to happen in May. And your whole family's going to be having birthday parties and celebrations. So we know already something's happening in May. And you might be looking all the way over here. Lord, I'm looking. And, and the Lord's like, it's right in front of you in May. You see what I'm saying? But that's why we, we have each other, because we go astray. Listen to the shepherd, and you shall lack nothing. Then verse, verse 3, it says, that, it says this, he refreshes my soul. Oh, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Wow. Refreshes my soul and guides me around the right paths for his name, his namesake. You know, when, when you do good, he's happy. I mean, when, when you get blessed, he's happy. You're his children. He wants you to do well. He wants you to succeed. And as a dad, how many dads in the house? Got kids in the house. Yeah. When you're, you, don't you want your kids to go further? Don't you want them to be blessed beyond blessing? Don't you want them to be a blessing? Yeah, it's for his namesake. It, we look good, do we not? As dads, when our kids are doing we good, we look good. Would you do that for his namesake? Okay, are you walking that path for your namesake or his namesake? Are you doing that thing for, for your sake or his sake? Well, wow, let's be honest, right? Let's catch ourselves. So number two, refreshed and ready to fight. Refreshed and ready to fight. I wish Syl was here this morning. I thought of him. If you're like me, You've had enough resisting, and you could use some refreshing, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you won't settle for something shallow. You don't want a, a temporary fix. You want a deep cleanse. Come on. You don't want to just mask it, right? Go in for your 30-minute massage and then be even more tired after the day that you left and not get any further in your life. You don't just crave the physical refreshing, but the mental, the emotional, and the deep spiritual, right, refreshing. So deep that it goes to your soul. You, you can't get any deeper than that. The verse before this verse tells us uh, a, a lot to do with how the Lord leads us. It says, he makes me, I like that, he makes me lie down in green pastures beside quiet waters. Has anyone ever had to make you take a break? <laughs> yeah, right? It's like you, you won't on your own take a break unless somebody else gives you permission to do so, right? You're just waiting for somebody else to tell you to take a break. Otherwise, you're going to go, go, go. And your wife's like, hey, look, look, enough is enough. It's not just hurting and exhausting you. It's exhausting our family. Take a break. Right? But make sure it's the Lord that's leading you. <laughs> be careful who you listen to. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, because you're rising up, you're getting out of the box, and some people want to bring you back to the box of your comfort. Be careful who you listen to. 
Okay, when you're moving forward, if you're taking advice, it better be from advice of people that are ahead of you and gone further you. Don't take people, don't let other people pull you back down into the box. Don't take advice from them because they'll tell you even what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. A coach is going to say, do another rep, do another round. Okay, now do this. Now take a rest. Now, 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 then do this. You with me? Be careful who you listen to. Sometimes people have to force us even to change our location. <laughs> it's hard to find peace when we're not in the right place. You ever felt it? You could feel it. You could feel it when you go into a business at work. You could feel it even if you go into a church. You're like, why don't I have peace here? Isn't this a, isn't this the church of God? No, it's just a building. His presence brings the peace. Like Rex was starting to get into, you know, he was like, anyone can build a church now and, and you can have a growing church. Yeah, but it won't stand if it's built on a program. Even, even, even the place, it has to be built on the person that is Jesus. And it's his presence that brings the peace. So for us to refresh our soul, we need to be guided by the good shepherd. We can't just pick up uh, the places that we hope to find rest or go to the place we hope to find rest if God is not leading us there, men. Many times we are picking places to refresh based on marketing influences instead of our maker's influence. We are influenced by uh, many that want to take advantage of us, to be honest, and exhaust us to build their own dream. Instead, God wants us to rest in his presence. Why? So we can continue to advance. Watch this. After months of training before a big fight, a good coach will have his fighters rest. I've watched Sill. I've watched what he does with it. I'm asking like these guys and they're just resting. I watch Austin. He's before his fight. He's just resting. And I'm like, I always thought like in the movies, like Rocky's always going, you know, like, uh, uh, right to the very end. But this gets us in a state of readiness so that we can be rested before facing the resistance. You need to find rest in his presence. If we are always, if we are always tense up before the trial, our, our muscles, be, our muscles become strained and our blood and oxygen does not flow properly through the brain and through the rest of the body. But why do you think we worship before we get into the message? If I went straight into this message from you guys, you'd, you'd be tense, right? But we need to open up. We need to worship. We need to, we need to find peace in his presence. We need to lift his name higher than every other name, higher than our problems and circumstances. Whatever we thought we came in with, we lay it down at his feet. And now we're open to receive his word. Right? And that's why the enemy is trying to create fear and stress in your head. Because if he can get to your head, it'll affect your heart. You know, the NLT version says, he renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. The right path leads us through the pain, gentlemen. And by his power, and that is so his name can be lifted up, not ours. We can lift our head high, knowing that we have help. But most importantly, we can bring honor to his name. Fear causes us to remain hidden and hurt in the box. But we don't have to hide when we have the right guide. 
You get the right coach and the right guide, you'll do things you've never done before, right? Because you trust in them with all your heart. You lean not on your own understanding. And in all ways, you acknowledge him and he makes your path straight. That works in the natural. Why wouldn't that work in the supernatural? What did Rex say yesterday? You, you give your dreams to somebody that used 10% of their brain on a good day and tells you what to do with your life. Why wouldn't you give your whole life to the Lord that sees the beginning and the end, who created you in his image, who wrote the destiny for you a long time ago, before the world was even formed? Right, so if you have, you have this level of trust with somebody else that's a coach or a teacher, why wouldn't you trust in the Lord with your whole heart and lean not on your own understanding? And you notice where the, where the path, he talks about the right path where it goes through. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. What? What? I thought it was just going to be all sunshine and rainbows. and No. Even though I ro- walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Why? Because you're close to me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Wow. That's what a, a shepherd's uh, hook will do, hey? It'll protect and comfort. It'll pull the sheep in, protect them, right? Comfort them, and actually use it to fight off the enemy. And notice how it says, when I go through the darkest valley. Not if I go through the darkest valley. <laughs> Read your word. When. Someone say when. When. <laughs> Some of you going through it right now. We all need to walk through the valley because that is where we find our victory. That's the last point. There's victory in the valley. David said, I will not be afraid. It doesn't say he won't feel afraid. This is going to open somebody up right now. You're going to have a revelation right now. He says, I will not be afraid. There's a difference. What you believe is who you become. We have the emotions and feelings. That's normal. He says, I will not be afraid. This is where we are commanded to take courage. Just because you feel something doesn't mean you are what you feel. Rex said this. It just means you are sensitive and aware to your surroundings. <gasps> if you didn't fear and you didn't, and you didn't have that sensitivity, you wouldn't see the wolf coming. Oh, senses are up. Anxiety is up. What do I do? Philippians 4, 6 to 9. Pray. That's what it says. Pray about everything. The thanksgiving. Meditate on what? What's good, loving, godly, and true. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will be upon you. You with me? So don't own fear, own faith. Don't own fear, own faith. What you pick up and what you take on will determine whether you go on. It's good. Yeah, I'm, I might be sharing this later too. <laughs> you don't become a product of your pain. You become a product of your surroundings. Right? If you're not aware of it, you don't have to be like, what did Rex say? You, you might be a product of your past, but you don't have to be a prisoner of it. Right? So if you believe that God is near, you won't accept fear. Feelings, one thing, but I'm not what I feel. I'm what I decide. I am who he says I am. And I got him right here. He's like, I feel that. I'm like, oh, and he's like, that ain't nothing. Right? Be gone in Jesus' name. You won't let it become a part of you. Don't let it become a part of you. You recognize it as a feeling and you'll move forward in faith. That's how you flip the table of fear. Be aware that you're not what you feel. You're who God says you are. 
And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It is not about what you feel. It's about who you put your faith in. And finally, I'll just end with this first beautiful, James. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows, not just with coffee. <laughs> Surely your goodness and love, come on, this is God's promise for you. You gotta speak this. Man, if, you say, if we did Psalm 23, I challenge you, read Psalm 23. There's only seven verses. Can you read Psalm 23 for seven days in a row? Would you do that out loud? Not just in your head, yes. out loud. Yes. Speak it out loud, speak into it existence. It'll probably, it'll, it won't take you seven minutes. It'll probably take you two minutes, to, two minutes that will probably uh, uh, change your life. And you'll memorize, you'll have it memorized. And then when things come to you, you're going to say, hey, you know, you prepare a table before my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and, and my cup overflows. You're going to act different, talk different, walk different. Your deals are going to be different in your life because your cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me when? All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> Our takeaway is we flip the tables of fear. And men, we gather around the table of faith. Would you stand with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you again for your word today. We thank you that it takes root in our heart that we can walk in faith, that we could just flip table after table after table of fear. Lord, that we know that you are here, not just near. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we glorify you, we lift up your name, and we walk in faith together as a brotherhood and as a tribe of lions. Lord, you have called us from lambs to lions. Lord, we walk, not just walk, we move in this tribe together as lions. Lord, bless these men uh, today in just the most mighty way, I pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.